1: Sean Payton keep talking that we gonna see him soon. You feel me?
2: All right, welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, proud part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the best place to get your podcasts. I'm Steve Rivera. I almost said I'm you, Johnny. Uh, Here's always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, the draft has come. The draft is gone. How you feeling, man? Uh, Rams didn't pick till 104, but uh, they certainly made a bunch of picks, and we're excited to get talking about all of them.
1: I I think Steve may have just insulted himself a little bit there, but... (laughs) To be quite frank with you, Steve, I, I thought that the Rams were going to pick much lower than uh, 104, uh, but they ended up p- keeping their pick, and yeah, this was this was certainly an interesting draft. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it.
2: Yeah, it was a rare event too, where it feels like the vast majority of Rams fans were actually dare dare I say excited after after this draft. Uh, you know, we usually come out being a pretty spicy bunch, but it seems like this draft top to bottom, I mean, all things considered, we didn't pick until 104, so
1: expectations were a lot lower. But
2: just like everybody's pretty happy. I mean, are you happy with how this draft turned out?
1: Oh, yeah, for good reason. I mean, all these picks, for the most part, made made perfect sense as to why they got him. You may not have necessarily agreed with the exact player that the Rams ended up drafting, but the at the end of the day, I think they have a better idea of, of which player they want over, you know, a couch GM, just saying.
2: <laughs> you know, man, you, you never know because genuinely, I remember after the, what was it, the 2020 draft when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the first running back off the board and everyone was like, in fantasy football, they were like, Jonathan Taylor is still the rookie you should take. Uh, in dynasty leagues, and I was like, "Listen, man, the Kansas City Chiefs took the first running back off the board. I'm gonna assume that they know what they're fucking doing and that this guy is the best running back in the draft, and that's the guy I would take uh and that turned out to be completely wrong, and the armchair GMs were actually extremely correct like you don't even want to imagine that offense with Jonathan Taylor uh so you never know occasionally they're right, but I am with you. I will always trust." Uh, less need to be better than me, but at the same time it wouldn't he wouldn't have been last season.
1: <laughs> That's true. I mean Les need does have his moments, but I I feel ultimately like there like I said, there may have been a few uh players at at each draft selection that the the Rams could have gone in a different way. But I feel like it was still logical. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a complete out of left field pick in really any category. And uh, that, that's, I I think that's something different than what we've seen the Rams do in really many of the past drafts. So um, it's real exciting to see because at least you kind of have a formula of, of uh, what the Rams are doing and you, kind of see the blueprint to you know what what we hope can be a repeat of last year so that (laughs) i'm excited about that
2: let's hope so man i mean well i i I guess i guess yeah i guess i actually do like their their chances are a little better coming out of the draft than i thought before it um not by a drastic amount but Let's get into the reasons why. We'll start with the top of the, the top of the draft. We'll start with the the second to last pick in round three, uh, which is where the Rams started their draft. They took guard Logan Br- Bruss, Bruss or Bruce.
1: Uh, I've just been saying Bruss. Off to a roaring
2: start, guard Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin joins a line full of Wisconsin Badgers. The Rams have had a lot of success dipping into that. Well, Rob Havenstein many moons ago has been a starter for a while and I think it was 20 what twenty twenty eighteen 2018 or 2019 they took David Edwards out of Wisconsin who quickly became a starter anchored in the offensive line he's a fifth round pick Brussels a third so he's already ahead of him in that regard uh, profiles out as a guard but seems like a pretty flexible guy he played more tackle than guard in college uh the big stat everyone's touting is he allowed just one sack In three years at Wisconsin on 596 total snaps. Granted, they're rushing football school, but um, (laughs) that's still pretty fucking good. And if they're rushing football school, that means that'll probably be a pretty good run blocker. Uh, This is definitely, I think, uh, we identified cornerback and interior offensive lineman as the top two positions of need going into this draft. The Rams clearly agreed with that. And that's great to see because I feel like we do not come out of these drafts a lot of time with players that we actually needed. Uh, So Bruss is a great start. Uh, To me, like reading about him, he seems like a high floor, low ceiling type guy, which is really what the Rams should be targeting at this. This seems like a great pick to me. Johnny, you're the draft guy in this pod. How do you feel about this one?
1: Oh, I was absolutely ecstatic about it. I mean, the fact that he was still there. This was, this was a guy that I did not think was going to 104. Um, so it was not really someone that I even really kept on my radar because I saw him going, you know, uh, still a day two pick. I, I still imagined him being, uh, you know, late to uh, early, uh, like late second round pick, early third round pick. Um, so I, the fact that he dropped to 104 is a big reason why the rams even kept uh their 104 pick um if i'm not mistaken i believe i read somewhere that uh the rams did actually consider trading down but was absolutely ecstatic that Bruss was there so hey you know um that says a lot right there uh as far as him as a player i mean when you think of what the rams really lost in this uh Past offseason, the you know, other than obviously uh big wit, looking at guys like Austin Corbett, you know, he left, he got paid, and you know, no way the Rams could afford to keep everybody. And Bruss is very similar to Austin Corbett. Um, but in in some ways, there there are some things that you know maybe uh Bruss could eventually overthrow Austin Corbett in the future if he continues to develop, Um, particularly on the ground game. And I feel like that's something that we all agree on, that uh, the Rams' run blocking wasn't the greatest last year. And um, if uh, can you know, emerge as a starter and kind of implement this, uh, um, you know, run blocking that he's done so well in Wisconsin, I think that'll make the, the Rams offensive line better as a whole. So absolutely love this pick. I, I think um, overall, this is exactly what you want to see uh, come to the Rams that pick one Oh four, uh, especially because it wouldn't be a total shock. If Bruss can become a starter, you know, uh, as soon as week one, you know, I, it, it just really depends on how high, the Rams are on Coleman Shelton. And if we're being completely honest here, guys like Bobby Evans and and uh, Tremaine Ankrum really didn't have a huge hold on, on this uh, competition. It was likely going to be Coleman Shelton or bust. Uh, so I, I really think that uh, Bruss is going to have this opportunity to start and it's really his job to lose i really believe that
2: i agree i mean how much more game experience in the nfl does Coleman shelton have does he have any
1: like- he has a little bit of playing uh time especially uh during the covid uh outbreak but uh mm, right right but i mean is it a lot not really yeah
2: yeah we'll see it it's that's definitely like you know, the, the Rams, like, I think I just said that like they came into this draft needing to add guys who could potentially play from day one at two different positions, and they did it at both. Uh, so now really, I think Bruss versus Shelton is going to be one of the big camp battles to watch. You know, hopefully they let these guys both play it out in the preseason. <laughs> knowing Lestini might not play, or knowing Sean McVay might not play either of them in the preseason, but we'll see what happens, man. It's, It's a fun pick. You know, I feel like the last couple of years we've came out of the post-draft podcast and debated whether or not the first pick the Rams made was the right position to target. There's no debate here. I mean, clearly, like, nobody can complain that the Rams took a guard with their first pick in this draft.
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's funny because I was almost expecting, well, first I was expecting a trade. But since that didn't happen. Um, I was expecting the Rams to go wide receiver here because you know that's the trend in the past <laughs> few years, but uh, you know that that never came came out with the uh, uh, kick-ass offensive lineman, and I, I, I'm really excited about this man. And it's not it's not often you can honestly say that you are excited about an offensive lineman because truthfully, it's the most one of the more underappreciated positions in the NFL. It's the least sexiest. NFL draft pick that you can have because they're not the flashy wide receivers or or uh, cornerbacks or anything like that or edge rusher, you know. So it's kind of interesting that you have collectively as a fan base, most people did like this pick. So um, I, I feel like this, this is something to keep in mind when, uh, uh, you know, training camp rolls around.
2: Yeah, I agreed completely. Like, you're more likely to find really a guy who can become a standout player at guard at this selection than you are edge rusher uh, or even cornerback to that extent. So this this feels like a money move to me. Um, we can talk about edge rushers later. Let's move on to the next pick. Round four, pick 142. The Rams took cornerback to Kobe Durant at a South Carolina State. Similar to what they did last year at around this time with Robert Rochelle, they take a small school cornerback with... With big upside, uh, guy played, it was a walk-on in college because he had no offers after he graduated, so he eventually walked on to South Carolina State. Uh, high school, he played QB and safety, so he comes in playing a completely different um, position and becomes a really good player. He won player of the year defensively in his conference, and he was an FCS All-American. You know, an undersized guy, but, like, you read that draft profile, uh, you know, Conference Player of the Year at a cornerback after walking onto a school. It's FCS. It's small school. But seems like a guy with high upside, um, a a type of project player. But given the move they made basically immediately after this pick that we'll talk about in a minute, um, this this seems like a a fine pick to me. You know, I'm fine with taking a swing here at this pick. Uh, and, and a guy who's certainly not a sure thing but could pan out. And, you know, um, obviously we had Troy Hill, which we'll get to. But the rest of the mix of these guys, like guys like Robert Rochelle and uh, even David Long to an extent, you know, we, we're not really sure we have. And, you know, Durant adds just kind of another intriguing prospect to the mix that could eventually pan out uh, and be something. I, I'd be pretty shocked. And you never know. But, like, I'd be pretty surprised if he had a big role in this season, but maybe he comes in and he's a star. I don't know. I, I do like the pick. I, I wouldn't say I love this pick, but I like the pick.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I think here, this is where you start um, getting a few comments from uh, from fans because there are a couple of uh, cornerback prospects that the Rams could have went with here. And, uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the Kobe Durant, to be quite frank. But um, I feel like this one was a more calculated draft pick uh, because obviously, you know, Jalen Ramsey going to be your guy for well into the near future. And now that Troy Hill is a part of the team, which we'll discuss a little bit later, you know, that adds to this move as well. So that being said, you still have a vacancy at, at nickel, which this guy excels at. This is why the Rams ultimately ended up going after D'Gabby Durant, and that's what people need to understand. That yes, there may have been, you know, somebody that was a little more polished, maybe had a few more accolades, uh, maybe had better, uh, better senior uh, bowl or you know pro day or whatever you want to go by, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he would be a better fit for the Rams defensive scheme. And I think that's what people really need to grasp here um, because in, in the end, that's what I feel like the Rams are targeting uh, with all of their uh, draft prospects, um, particularly at cornerback, was finding that mold for um, uh, nickel because I think moving forward, that's going to be the biggest concern overall. And, well, I agree with you, Steve. I don't know if uh, Durant's going to be someone that's going to make huge waves in, in his rookie season. Um, I don't know if that's what the Rams are, are aiming to do in his rookie season. Uh, maybe some uh, learn on the job kind of like how Robert Rochelle had to do last year. And, and I feel like Robert Rochelle when healthy, had his moments where he, he did very well and had a lot of moments where he looked like a rookie. That's perfectly fine. Uh, Robert Rochelle is a project player and in in the case of DeKobe Durant, I don't see him as a project player. I see him as the Rams trying to mold him to be exactly what he was in in uh, college. And I think in that in that regard, you got to you can't help but appreciate this pick when you look at it from that perspective, if you look at it from the perspective of, well, there were better cornerbacks available. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could say that there might've been uh, someone that might've been graded higher, whatever, if that means anything to you, which it means absolutely nothing to the Rams front office. Um, But overall, the fit works better for the Rams with Durant.
2: Yeah. And and, yeah, like with T Hill back, they do need a slot cornerback, and he could potentially, you know, this is why we bring you on, Johnny, because you know more about rookies than I do. Uh, he he could potentially walk in there and take the job, even though I just contradict what I just said, but a guy who walks onto a school um, wasn't playing cornerback in, in high school, and three years later, he's the conference player of the year and an All-American, you know, I don't, care what level you're I mean I do care what level you're at but I don't care if he's not FBS played great against Clemson earned his keep um you know this is this is a good player Uh, I I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens and even though like yeah I don't expect him to win the slot cornerback job this year look at the guys he's competing with you know it's David Long it's Robert Schell it's Dante Dayon certainly possible it's absolutely on the table
1: yeah. I, I, <laughs> if uh David Long is your biggest competition, I I mean no disrespect because I feel like David Long is going to get more playing time this year over uh uh over Durant. Um but something to consider is I believe David Long is a free agent next year if I'm not mistaken. Um if he's not, he will be uh for surely in 2020 Three or twenty twenty four. I don't remember. I know he's a free agent soon. I, th- I think it is um, next year.
2: I think after the season. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, that's something to keep in mind. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe David Long goes off this year, and he realizes it's a contract year, and just explodes. Maybe he benefits from from Troy Hill coming back. Stranger things have happened. I mean. Uh, Darius Williams emerged um, as a guy that just randomly made his way to the Rams. You know, he wasn't drafted by the Rams. So um, stranger things have happened. You know, if David Long suddenly emerges, then, hey, Durant can kind of sit back and learn. Um, Either way, the Rams are prepared. And that's I think that's something you're going to see a whole lot of as we continue through uh, these draft picks.
2: Yeah, and yeah, and speaking of that, I mean let's let's hit the next the next thing that happened in this draft. And I don't I don't know if their Durant pick even happens unless I know this is about to happen. Um they go out and trade for Troy Hill. They give up a 2023 fifth round pick. Um, I believe all the talk we're hearing, it's gonna be a compensatory selection, probably the one we're gonna get from Von Miller. Um Troy Hill, you know, the Rams let him walk last year. He didn't sign a big contract with the Browns, I think, it was five or six million. The Rams chose to spend that money on Deshaun Jackson. Uh, <laughs> but a year later, they bring Troy Hill right back. Um, y- you know, the, and they're barely picking up any of his salary. It should be noted. I think it was what one point five million. The Rams are taking on S- some something around that number. Yeah, Troy Hill not great in Cleveland last year. Um, from what it sounds like, he didn't love the situation if you read his quotes coming out i think it's pretty easy and reasonable to expect him to walk back into the rams locker room and be who he was two years ago and that's like a, a decent player you know a, a a presence that was clearly missed last year when uh players were unavailable to play and raw guys had to step up you know Troy hill is fine as your second cornerback Next to Jalen Ramsey, you know, he was also here during Darius Williams' killer run. Uh, maybe he was a reason for that because when he wasn't here, Darius Williams didn't look like the guy he was when Troy Hill was here. So it's, I- I'm super excited about this, man. I mean, I would say this is even with the prospect, it's probably my favorite thing they did yesterday. They needed help at this position in a big way when you lose Darius Williams who, you know, wasn't incredible last year, but you don't replace him. And the more the poo-poo platter of guys you're, you know, replacing him with is David Long who struggled last year. They had a pretty good playoff run. Robert Rochelle, who, like you said, had his moments, but he's a raw prospect. Uh, he's not going to be perfect. And then, yeah, you add to Kobe Durant and, you know, those are the three, and I guess not the down, those are the four guys that are competing for two starting cornerback slots. You know, it's, One thing I I was talking to my friends this weekend, like the Rams had the best corner in the NFL and one of the worst cornerback rooms in the NFL, which doesn't make sense. And it would have been even more ridiculous without Darius Williams this year. And so I really fucking love this decision, man. It's a late fifth round pick. It's a basically a sixth round pick. If you're a contending team, you make this move every time, even if Troy Hill walks in the building and actually is cooked and doesn't contribute, you still don't regret making this decision. Cause clearly if you want to repeat, this is the right process you take towards repeating.
1: Well, by all accounts, I, I feel like uh, part of the reason why Darius Williams struggled last year was because Troy Hill wasn't in the building. And uh, that, that means a lot because even when you go back to um the previous year when uh Troy Hill was still on the team, Troy Hill may have not had the best year of his career, but he still had a he still had a a hell of a year and um truthfully, he was playing out of position at times uh, you know playing at uh as a you know sort of slot corner and that was because Darius Williams had emerged. So that's something to keep in mind here as well that um I think now that you're gonna get back a Troy Hill that's not only familiar with this team, this defense, but you're also gonna get him back at his original position where he truly shined. I think this is gonna be a, a huge improvement overall. Um what uh rather than you know uh having Darius Williams starting on the opposite end um will it not i mean will it be flawless will it not have any hiccups well i i assume there will be um i'm sure there'll be a a few hiccups especially early early on in the year but i think there'll be less than well i actually i don't think i know there will be less hiccups than had the Rams started with Jalen Ramsey and david long starting on the opposite end again no offense to david long just He's not exactly someone you want to see starting opposite end of uh, Jalen Ramsey.
2: No, m- much better. I mean, Troy Hill walks in the building as immediately the second best cornerback there with no debate. He's starting week one. There's no I would be absolutely fucking floored if barring injury, they just started the other two guys. He would have to look like the worst player on earth.
1: Uh like and, and the Rams don't trade the, the Rams don't trade anything if they feel like uh Troy Hill wouldn't immediately be the second best cornerback
2: right right yeah it's 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 a shitty pick i I love the move it was a great decision i I mean i'm assuming like i know i saw some talk on twitter about the Rams' decision to add two cornerbacks back to back i don't think it's an issue this this room needed depth
1: no not not at all i mean i i I, it, it i think it was very easy to see that of any position on this team that the Rams needed help with, it was cornerback. I, I mean, you might be able to say that uh, guard was uh, was more important as an individual um, position, as a starting position, but overall, there was zero depth at cornerback. And, and technically speaking, I don't even know if uh, Dante Deion is, is under contract. I, I'd have to look that up. Um, but... You know that being said, that means if that's the case before the draft started, and before the Troy Hill trade happened, you literally only had Ramsey, Long, Rochelle, and basically Scrubs, and that's 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 a scary thought. So yeah, they had to draft um, depth, and and who doesn't want more competition out there? And I imagine a lot of these guys too will be. Trained to uh, play multiple uh, positions in in the secondary, so um, I, I absolutely do not mind at all the uh, many many uh, players in the secondary the Rams drafted.
2: Dante Down not under contract, and during the draft, probably right after the Troy Hill trade was announced. Um, no, sorry, on Sunday he tweeted: "Business or personal?" Question mark. So, I'm guessing he's not coming back. Yikes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, next pick the Rams made, pick round five, pick 164. Kieran Williams, uh, running back out of Notre Dame. Fun story with him. Grew up in St. Louis. Loved Steven Jackson. Was his idol. Now he's wearing the same uniform that Steven Jackson wore. Just in a different city. Uh, maybe he could be our bridge to bring some of those St. Louis fans back. But I don't think so. I... <laughs> <laughs> Ran in his uh, last two years at Notre Dame. He had over 1,000 yards on the ground, 13 touchdowns in each season. Each one of those years, he added 300 yards in the air as well. A guy a lot of players are or people are comparing him to is James White. He writes out really well as a pass catching back, both actually catching passes and picking up blitzes and pass protection. You know, running back, not something I think we needed to come out of this draft with, but late fifth round, a uh, guy that clearly, you know, could have a use for us. Could be a nice pass-catching back way to spell Cam Akers if they don't feel he can truly be a three-down, 100% workhorse running back. I don't mind the pick. Uh, it seems like good depth. We're going to probably lose Daryl Henderson at this after this year. Or so if, if Williams pans out, nice backup to have. Uh, I'm not complaining about it.
1: Well, what I particularly like about this pick is this is basically the type of running back that the Rams have lacked for a long time, you know, uh, basically since Todd Gurley, you know, um, now I'm not saying that he's Todd Gurley.
2: Oh, wow, well, Lance Dunbar. I mean, come on.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess <sighs> <laughs> he played like nine snaps for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all that being said, uh, I mean, uh, I I like this selection a lot. I mean, he is a third down back in every sense of the way, if he can adjust to play on the NFL level, this is a hell of a pickup because I think what we've seen last year with Cam Akers is while I still have a lot of faith in the guy. I mean, he, he came back from a major injury and, and uh, played in the playoffs and, you know, other than against the Cardinals, he, didn't really have much of an opportunity to uh really get anything going. Um I I like the fact that there are options now for Sean McVay to, you know, hey, if you want to send in a, a true third down back, you have Williams there uh on your depth chart to go out there and and uh, you know, maybe get that goal line touchdown that the Rams can't seem to get unless you pass it to Cooper Cup um and that that's very important especially because at, if you want to repeat you can't always rely on passing the ball to cooper cup in the end zone i i know he somehow makes it happen but um it, it'd be good to have options there well they got and they got robinson now don't don't disrespect our man i guess i that's a good point but uh yeah, I I just I like the added dimension here. Um, I think one of the things that is kind of overlooked about Williams, too, is he's not afraid to block. He's not af- uh, afraid to pick up the blitzes. And that's also very, very important uh, because, as we know, Matthew Stafford likes to hang on to the football for a very long time. <laughs> yep. and, and so uh, having Williams there could extend the, uh, the play a little bit longer so I think this is a, a pick that is being slept on a little bit and uh, not a whole lot because I think people ultimately see his value, but um, I don't think everyone see sees his value as a whole. Um, as Steve mentioned, hell of a pass catcher in the backfield, um, and that's going to be equally important too. Um, really, the, the only thing I'm concerned about is that he's a tad undersized. But, um, I, I, I don't think he's that undersized to the point where, you know, uh, it's not like we're going to see Tutu Atwell running the football or anything. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm really stoked about this pick. I, I, I think this is going to be one that the Rams are going to be really happy with.
2: Yeah. I'm excited about it, man. I'm really excited to see how this dude pans out. Uh, it seems like a, a nice little pick, uh, Losing my train of thought. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think anyone on the roster is a particularly good pass protecting back. Todd Gurley was a really good pass protecting back, even that last year when he was pretty cooked, he uh, he was still great at, at helping pick up points and all that. So the very worst, if we could do that at the pro level, I'm be excited about it. Next pick, round six. In the same round the Rams took Jordan Fuller. They take another safety. Quentin Lake, hometown boy out of UCLA. Johnny, I literally didn't write any notes on Quentin Lake. This is your boy. I'm going to let you tell me all about him and how excited I should be about this one.
1: Oh, man, I was I was actually um, because I, I was actually in Vegas watching uh, day two and day three. I, I was I was actually home at, uh, during day one, which I guess didn't matter because the, the Rams yeah, have no picks there. But um Day three, I'm watching it at a sports book. No, I didn't attend the actual draft because ha- being around that many people, I just, no, I'm good. But, um, well, no, seriously, like, I, I was seeing it on TV, and then I I was driving. I drove past the, uh, the actual draft, and, man, there was way too many people. Like, seriously, uh, people need a little bit of el- elbow room, man. Yeah, uh, dude,
2: I mean, I used to, I've been to the draft a couple of times, but when they used to do a Radio City Music Hall in a seated venue, and now it just looks like they're it's like a concert festival uh, with seriously. how many people are just like standing up watching. Like, yeah, like I'm sure it'd be fun for a little bit, but I, I think I'm good on it. It's it, the draft is literally what it looks like. It is people walking out and calling people's names. Like, it's a te- <laughs> it's a television event. No disrespect to anyone who went and had a blast, because I had fun when I went, but. Uh yeah I I can I think I'm good forever.
1: Yeah I I had fun watching it in a sports book that was awesome you know and uh, so when I saw them call out uh, Quentin Lake from UCLA being a diehard Bruin fan, um that was awesome because not only is he a UCLA Bruin, but I know what this guy can do for this team. And there's a lot to be excited about for Quentin Lake, because if you like the former sixth round pick Jordan Fuller, you're going to love Quentin Lake as well. Now, <laughs> um, I I'm not going to sit here and say that they're the same because um, I, I do feel that Jordan Fuller was a little bit more polished than uh, Quentin Lake coming out of the draft, if I'm being 100 percent honest. But I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that he was light years ahead of, of Quentin Lake either. Um, I think that if Quentin Lake, um, you know, develops and learns quickly, I think that this is a guy that could eventually be a starter, um, alongside Jordan Fuller and having two similar safeties out there in the backfield, I think will be very, very dangerous for offenses. Um, very, uh, similar traits, uh, to Fuller, you know, a guy that maybe won't have the most athletic, uh, ability out there. He's not going to wow you with a speed or, um, anything like that, but he's a guy that can get your tackles. You know, he, he, um, isn't the hardest hitter out there, but he knows how to wrap up. Um, and he's most importantly, a playmaker um one of my favorite moments and and uh for all the SC fans out there they'll remember this uh <laughs> is when he uh when he had this you know game changing pick in uh, the UCLA USC game um absolutely phenomenal because he he you know kind of batted the ball to himself and this is this is the kind of playmaker you want somebody that can just go out there and change a game like that, and uh, I feel like Quinton Lake next to Jordan Fuller in the future is going to be a really, really scary thing. So, um, uh, I again, I don't know if I'll say that he'll be a starter in twenty twenty two. I think um, we got to pump the brakes a little bit, but I think <laughs> yeah, you
2: are pumping the brakes here. You just said you can't wait to see him play next to Jordan Fuller. The guy's not even a lock to make the
1: roster. <laughs> Oh, I think he is. No, I think, think I is. think he
2: will too. But like, and, and the the safety job. I mean, listen, like, I don't expect him to start at safety this year. But Nick Scott and Taylor Rapp are not locks, and we've learned that with Taylor Rapp already once in his career. Like, if Quentin Lake comes into camp and looks ex- like Jordan Fuller did when he won the spot a couple years ago, he'll probably win the spot. Um, but yeah, and he, that's my point. Yeah, that,
1: that is my point. You point you you exactly. Pointed out what I was going to say next. Um, If the Rams had a bona fide starter next to Jordan Fuller, like uh, if Eric Weddle was like, you know, I kind of want to win a second Super Bowl ring, uh, then no, I I see him in, in a reserve role next year. But all that said, you have Taylor Rapp, who, let's be honest, he has had every opportunity to solidify his starting job. And he basically let a guy that had been retired come back and take his his moment in the Super Bowl you know that that says a lot you you don't feel confident in a guy that you know the Rams had to reach out to Eric Weddle and say hey how about you play for us um because we're really not that confident in Taylor Rapp i'm sure they didn't say that but um they may as well have uh and Nick Scott, I, I, I like Nick Scott a lot as in, in terms of a guy that has overachieved what we all expected him to do. But do I want him really as a starter? Not really. So that's why I'm saying, can I see Quentin Lake starting in 2022? Maybe. Maybe not week one. Maybe not in week eight. But... <laughs> I, I would not be at all surprised if Quentin Lake can be a starter in twenty twenty
2: two. Let me let me defend Rap a little, just based on some of the things you said. They they brought Eric Weddle out of retirement because Rap and Fuller got hurt, right? Um, I guess, but but then Rap came back. I believe he was active for the Super Bowl, and they started Nick Scott anyways and Eric Weddle, right? Yep. So. You you were, like, half right there, but, like, they didn't call Eric Weddle because they thought Taylor Rapp was a bomb. That being said, you know, I think Nick Scott's going to be the day one starter this year. I don't think it's going to be Taylor Rapp. I, I don't know, I think they really believe in that guy. Yikes. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We Quentin, like, he certainly can win that job. You know, I'm, I'm not ready to say he will, but we've seen this in the last three years happen. So, you never know. Uh, I, I placed a live bet on the Sixers when they were down 10 with, like, eight minutes left, and now they're down 13 with a minute left. So you got to love it. got to fucking love it. Why do I do this to myself? Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, at least your team's in the playoffs.
2: <laughs> we can't have nice things, you know. Our, our MVP candidate breaks his face up 30 in an elimination game. <laughs> For fuck's sake, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let's get back to the Rams. Uh, the next pick, they take Darian Kendrick, a cornerback, out of Georgia. Uh, this is a guy, if you, like, read his prospect profile, he went to Clemson, right? Clemson is a cornerback. Or, sorry, Clemson is a wide receiver. After his first season, they win the national championship. He contributes a little bit. Uh, they move him to cornerback. Immediately becomes an all-conference caliber player and is, for the next three years of his career, Uh, You know, as a former receiver, like, it seems like he has great recognition for routes and patterns, and he knows what he's doing when he's guarding people. Uh, He did struggle against some of the top talent, but, like, again, this guy who only played three years at the position, and every year was good enough that he was named to an all-conference team. He's got some off-the-field issues. He was dismissed from Clemson uh, after multiple, you know, off-the-field incidents and disciplinary action uh he was also arrested on a gun and drug charge but that was expunged so you no know, by the record he, he's good there but obviously that wasn't his only off field issue that happened you know it doesn't like it, it doesn't seem like he he's going to be an elite nfl cornerback but like to me like you walk in switch positions and you're that good that you're an all conference selection immediately man like that's the type of pick that reeks of upside and even this is the third cornerback that the Rams acquired this day. How many guys at this level um, have that kind of potential to where they did that? And, you know, I haven't watched enough of his film to tell you, like, if he's peaked or not. I certainly doubt what he has. So I, I did really like this pick, man. I think this is the kind of, like, this is the kind of shot you take. I didn't feel like I already said this with the other guy. But, like, this is really the kind of shot you take in the sixth round if a guy like this is available who is a high-caliber and productive college player – and still has like the raw profile where, you know, he, he, nobody reaches their full potential at football in their third season of playing the position. Um, I I do like this pick. You know, it's a sixth round. If he d- sucks or if off-field implications come back, you cut him and you don't lose sleep over it. But I like this. this is one of my favorite picks they made.
1: Yeah, it, it. I mean, they were they they had the draft in Vegas. Why not gamble a little bit? You know, this is a sixth-round pick. What, what what do they have to lose? At worst-case scenario, like you said, you cut them. You know, uh, would you lose sleep over cutting a sixth-round pick? Not necessarily. But if best-case scenario, if this guy can be a contributor eventually, um, I think this is exactly the type of guy that can be. He can surprise a few people. Um, and I, I think there was just so many things that – attributed to him falling all the way down to round six that um, the Rams could have found a gem here. You know, Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, this guy is, is a slam dunk pick because we don't know. I don't think anybody knows, but I do think there's a lot of potential there. I think that part of the reason why he, he, um, he slid down was because of off the field issues and hopefully he's learned from his mistakes there. Uh, part of the reason why is because um, he had, um, you know, below average, uh, you know, measurables uh, and, uh, during the combine and pro day. And, and quite frankly, I, I think we've seen on a number of occasions where guys just excelled during pro days and, and combines and then turned out to be nothing in the NFL and vice versa. I, you know, so, I I think we all realize at this point that we should take those you know statistics as a grain of salt. And um, worst worst case scenario, like I said, he's cut. Best case, he's a contributor, and, and who knows? Maybe he he gets beyond that. Um, but one thing that we can all agree on is that the Rams. Generally have a uh, good scouting with the players in the secondary, um, and uh, we have some pretty solid coaches there too. So I'm all for this pick, and hopefully it works out.
2: Well, we'll see uh, if you have the same takes on measurables when we talk about the next pick the Rams made. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I honestly agree with pretty much everything you said. It's uh, a blue blood school you know this is the, there's Jordan Fuller, you know, potential here for me uh, as a guy you can just walk in and wow people immediately um as he did when he switched to cornerback at Clemson so I really like this pick uh even though we're adding a lot of talent into this cornerback room you know I'd be surprised unless like he really comes in and like has issues off the field I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the day one roster um it it, seem, it seems like a really nice pick to me the next pick johnny speaking of measurables uh and speaking of the rams loving to get me hyped about seventh round linebackers uh they take a pick 35 montana state outside linebacker daniel hardy i uh, according to math bombs relative athletic score which ranks like pure measurables and like athleticism based on like a variety of stuff i'm sure including combine stats size yada yada this guy even though he's coming from a small school He has the 161st highest score for the linebacker, any linebacker prospect since 1987. It doesn't sound like a high number, but it's out of 2,419. Uh, and we're talking about a seventh round pick. So clearly, if the guy is grading out that fucking high, he needs a lot of work. But like, that's enough for me, man. That's enough to take this guy in the seventh round for me. This pick doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, it's a defensive end out of small school. We heard that before. Talked about this last year with Chris Garrett. Uh, but whatever, man. Like, there's upside here. There's potential. It's the seventh round. Love this kind of shit. This is my, this is what gets me hyped in the draft, dude.
1: You know, uh, I have to say, like there wasn't a single pick that the Rams did in the 2022 NFL draft that I hated. But if I had to pick one, this was one that I was <laughs> less excited about, and the reason being is because um, not that I have anything against you know Hardy. I, I think that hey, if if it if he pans out to a contributor a special teamer why not i'm all for it um but yeah i already have chris garrett did you really need another one like uh (laughs) i i don't know like it's a seventh round pick do you do you hate it no not really i mean i i mean they just kind of found a, a guy that has pretty good measurables kind of the opposite end there and uh you know he he uh, he played extremely well in his small school, and that's great. But uh, again, it's basically Chris Garrett twenty twenty two. And I mean,
2: dude, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that they're not invested in Chris Garrett, and that he, because they have him in the roster, that doesn't mean they would stop them from drafting another potential Chris Garrett.
1: I guess, I guess, but. It I I don't know like for me I I don't hate the pick I'm like by all means draft this guy he's a seventh round pick but uh it's probably the least the one I'm least excited about because I think we all know where this is going and hopefully he makes an impact I you know, I mean stranger things have happened I guess
2: well I mean to play devil's advocate we can't we came on the pot after they drafted Chris, uh, what was it? Clay Johnson, like expecting him to compete for a starting job and he didn't make the (laughs) roster. So like nobody fucking knows what seventh round picks, dude, they're an absolute mystery.
1: I I mean, I still think that, uh, uh, that, that could have been, you know, he could have still contributed, but, uh, I mean, there was so much not going right at inside linebacker and, we have the tables turned there, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's a fair point.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Inside linebacker arguably the <laughs> going to be the most productive position on the defense next year, which is insane from where we were. I mean, even a year ago, round seven, pick 253. They take Russ yeast safety out of corner Kansas state. No, he seems fine. Uh, looks like he's a good coverage safety. He has experience returning kicks which I would have been fucking freaking out on this podcast a year ago, but we brought back our guy, Brandon Powell. They, you know, they drafted uh, your boy in the last round, Quentin Lake. I feel like this guy's probably not going to make the team. We have a lot of safeties, but I hope I wish him the best, you know, maybe he will. Yeah. I wouldn't say Terrell Burgess is a lock to make the team at this point. So no, that's a, that's a spot that can be taken. I don't really expect them to take more than five safeties on the roster
1: and I think that's what you basically have to look at here is uh who's expendable at this point because clearly the Rams weren't happy with their, you know, safety situation if they went ahead and drafted two safeties. Um mind you Yeast is a 7th round pick, but still I mean you they're clearly not satisfied there. You know, Jordan Fuller is about the only guy I feel like you know, Jordan Fuller and Nick Scott, I would say, are about the only two guys that the Rams are really comfortable with, you know, giving a roster spot to. Uh, and the rest, I think, are fringe candidates, you know, including Taylor Rapp. So... Um,
2: like, Taylor Rapp is not getting cut. Well... Are you sure? I guess if he doesn't, like, I guess if they like the other... If, if Quentin Lake wows like, oh really wows, I could see them trading Taylor Rapp yes. for a late-round pick. I don't I don't think they'd outright cut him because if they outright cut him, I don't know. The only reason I could see them doing that is so he could go, like, find a new landing spot, but I'd be shocked if they couldn't get a seventh-round pick for Taylor Rapp.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that they would ultimately try and trade him, uh, considering they can, but... Um... I, I, I do think that um, the more cuttable candidate here would be Terrell Burgess because it, it's a shame because we, we saw in his rookie year that Terrell Burgess has had potential. But last year, he just he looked lost out there, man. And, and, and uh, they clearly
2: do not trust him at all. You know, the reason you said Taylor Rapp was the reason they brought back Eric Weddle. It was because they don't trust Terrell Burgess at all.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a fair assessment. I was a little harsh. Little. <laughs>
2: uh, a little, but it's still fair. Um, I mean, do you like Russ East as a prospect? I, I'll be honest, man. We're in the seventh round. I didn't do a lot of research on Russ East or A.J. Akiri, who we're about to talk about.
1: Uh, Russ East, I, I do think, uh is a guy that they just, you know, they see potential in him, and uh, again, this is a, a team that, scouts safeties extremely well probably better than any team in the nfl yeah uh, so i i'm i'm all for rush east uh you know i think um this is this is someone that could potentially uh try and contribute on this nfl team why not
2: why not uh in their last pick of the draft 261 they took aj Arcuri. i think i got that right uh off the tackle out of michigan state he's big He's six foot seven, uh, three hundred eight pounds. played both sides of tackle, has potential to play guard. So again, the, the versatile kind of player the Rams like. The you know, there there are depth spots available at offensive line, and I'm not going to complain about them adding an offensive lineman, I even though you know, reading his profile, it's not not something you're going to get stoked at. But the guy went fucking two sixty one. Like, <laughs> it, there's, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a fine pick. If he doesn't make the team, who cares? If he does, hey, dope.
1: I believe you pronounce his name A J. Akuri. Akuri, okay. Uh Curie. I could be wrong,
2: dude. I think his draft profile had his pronunciation, so let me look that up while you talk about him.
1: Okay, so yeah, I mean, this is this is the time of year where Steve and I butcher names. Uh, it happens every season, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure we, at this point we still. Butcher a few names. Uh, I mean <laughs> I it just you know, some names are just hard to pronounce. <laughs> R. Curie. But, R. Curie. R. Curie. Okay. So I wasn't too far off.
2: Yeah. Well, you're close enough.
1: Yeah. So uh AJ R. Curie, I, I think is uh is just as you said, Steve, a big body out there. I mean and at pick 261 you draft a massive dude you know um why not you know I I feel like this is uh a guy that if he has any sort of potential whatsoever the Rams will tap into it and at worst comes at, at best you know this guy uh ends up being a you know a backup uh you know, offensive linemen that the Rams can be happy to have around for years, uh, and hopefully replace guys like Chandler Brewer, um, error or Zach Pritchard, but, uh, or Max Pritchard rather, Um uh, <laughs> didn't even know enough to correct you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it says, it says a lot right there, but, um, yeah, I, I I have no qualms about the Rams drafting him here, uh, last pick and uh, their last pick. So why not be a depth or potential depth? That, you know, they could even he could be a guy that they keep on the practice squad, and I, I don't think there would be any issues there.
2: I mean, he, he, he Tremaine Ankrum was picked around this level, and he's he's still on the team, um, on the active roster. So definitely possible for this guy to make the team. Then that's it. That's the whole draft. Uh, we'll talk about um, no, their, sorry, Jesus Christ, uh, undrafted for agents on a later pod. I, I will say that a lot of people were pushing for punters in this draft. The Rams didn't take one, but four got drafted. I don't know if that's a record, but two of them going in the fourth round has to be at first. Uh, so big day for the brand for the punters, you know, the, the, I would have loved for them to take a punter in the seventh, but when the top three punters are already off the board in the seventh round, you know, I do not blame them for not going that route.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, this, this was kind of a historic draft for punters, uh, because typically speaking, there's only like one or two punters drafted, um, um, so the fact that there was so many in this year's draft, that's something.
2: Yeah, if Matt, if Matt Areza was uh, still there in the seventh round, I would have been throwing a fit on this podcast. Um, but he was not there. So it is what it is. Uh, I mean, dude, <laughs> you got any final thoughts on this draft class before we go? We got uh, a lot of time to fill before the season starts. So we can keep talking about this bad boy next week.
1: Uh, You know, just that I I, I was real happy with what I saw in uh, this year's draft. I feel like this was um, not only a direction that, um, you know, we all kind of hoped that was going to go. But at the same time, I feel like it also reinforced the idea that the Rams really didn't have a huge amount of needs. Um, in the NFL, um, you know, going into the NFL draft, and the fact that they address some major needs, um, while it may not be the complete solution, it does help quite a bit. And uh, this leaves a lot, a lot to talk about uh, because we'll we'll talk uh, on the next podcast. You know what this NFL draft um, basically means for the rest of the off season. Yeah, I mean. There was three big positions in need.
2: Cornerback, they added a shitload of those. Interior offensive lineman, they added one with their first pick. Edge rusher, we did not add. There's still guys out there. We'll see what happens. Uh, definitely something worth.
1: Daniel Hardy. <laughs>
2: I'm. I mean, listen. I'm excited for the pick. I'm not falling for Chris Garrett again either. I'm just. When you draft a guy with that crazy of an athletic profile in the seventh round, fuck it, man. Let's see what happens. I'm in. I'll I'll take Chris Garretts every single year if they're available. One of them's got to pan out. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, Who knows? Who knows? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. All right. Well, this is fun. Uh, sorry, we've been missing a couple of pods. It's been a crazy couple of months, but uh, we'll be back with plenty of off season content next week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SteveBarrow at Johnny Five Not Six at TalkRams, and we'll talk to y'all soon.
1: How how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, You personally? I think we ain't done yet.